Hello, welcome to another episode of the Chief and Podcast. Today, we are doing something completely different from what we've done the past, like, year and a half, pretty much. Um, because me and Craig have been talking about this for the past few months. We're no longer going to be focusing on wrestling. I think after AEW uh, Full Gear, which we did not do preview predictions off purely because I was not excited for it. And Craig, you were pretty much dreading the main event. Um, I think it wouldn't be right for us to do a preview prediction for something we wouldn't be excited for. And it led to us ultimately. Meanwhile, Craig is sorting things out. Uh, it led to us ultimately stopping the pro wrestling reviews and preview predictions and stuff for that. So, today, we're going to be doing something completely different. Um, because Formula One is coming back next month for the 2023 season. Craig, as you have just started watching Formula One, like... 2020 from the 2022 season practically i've been watching that over the past few years i know the history of formula one for well at least a few portion of it and i think it'll be a bit fun for a little change to do some predictions for formula one 2023 season the way this is going to go down is simple we'll go through our driver standings that we have for the end of the season first, from 20th to 1st. And then from that, we will reveal our constructor standings from 10 to 1. So by the end of this, you will fit, realize who we have for our constructor champions and our driver champion. Craig, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Very excited to be starting the Formula 1 2023 season, my first full season of watching following yeah, this sport because you just started when it came to uh miami yeah the miami grand prix last may and i found myself really starting to get invested yeah and it just and again it helps that we're doing it uh with 2023 because again the last few years it has literally been a focus of formula one to increase support and increase like viewership in the u.s and this year in particular We've got three U.S. races happening in Miami, then Austin, and then the new race, Las Vegas, Nevada, towards the end of the season. A night race as well. So you'd be yeah. seeing everything. You see the, the, the bright lights of the Las Vegas Strip going off at night for this race. And I've A seen, that, scene if I've if I've ever seen one. Yeah, and I've seen the layout of the track. One of the things I kind of want them to do in the for this year's Grand Prix, they're doing what we tell what it is. What the main street is the strip. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, Las Vegas Boulevard. That's what that's what I was alluding to. Yeah, that is the main. That is like the the long street in this Grand Prix is going to be that strip. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's not where the start finish street is, but it's near enough towards the end of it, which is kind of what I wanted. But anyway. Um, again, first full season for Craig, so I will be able to help out here. So, and I've already pretty much got a list here of what I've got for my top 20. Craig, 
I run this by him before we did this. You're gonna run this by the fl- you're gonna run it by the fl- like the crow flies. You're gonna go blind and just say <laughs> yeah. whoever. Um, I'm my pants here. Okay, so I'll start things off. So my number twenty of who I think is gonna have the wooden spoon, so to speak, in the driver standings, representing Williams. I've got Logan Sargent. Uh, Riesling Fort, he's a rookie. He, unfortunately, in terms of how the teams are, is probably the in the worst team in Formula One because Williams has had some shocking seasons the past like five plus years. They have always been towards the back, so I'm not expecting much from Logan. But again, he's a rookie. He can surprise people. I highly doubt he's going to do what Hamilton did when he was in McLaren back in 2007. But, you know, if he's consistent enough, he's going to stay around for at least another season or two. But for me, someone's got to be number 20. And I've got to go with Logan because, to me, he's an unknown factor. When I first saw saw the list of the drivers (coughs) with their teams... And from what I gathered last year, I knew that Williams was probably at the bottom rung of the F1 constructors ladder. And it made perfect sense for me to have Logan Sargent as my last place finisher in the driver standings as well. Yeah. And I might as well point this out. This is no slight on Williams. It's just that their recent history has been pretty bad. And it's purely because of things out of their control, which is the unfortunate thing. It's just how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number 19th, the person who just edges out, and I do mean just edges out, like, I've got Lance Stroll for Aston Martin at 19. Like, for me, he's been on Formula One for, like, this is going to be his fifth season, and he's never really been tested or pushed to a specific point where he's going to be getting better. He's always been very laid back and I honestly in a race, in a racing sport the last thing you need to be is someone who is not going to push. You need to push that car. You need to, you know, get a voice out there. You need to, you know, show that you care and as much as I don't want to say this but I've had this feeling for the last couple of seasons. The reason why Stroll is here is because of his father who owns Aston Martin. Like, to me, that's how it feels. Like, hopefully he can prove me wrong. But for me, he's my number 19. And I feel like because of how low he's going to be for me, this might be his last season. I think he may be going after this. Number 19 for me. Is going to be Nico Nico Hulkenberg from Haas. Okay. And the reason why I say that is I just don't think the Haas team is going to be able to have the kind of cars that would be able to compete with the best in the business, like a Red Bull or Ferrari or Mercedes. Yeah. It's been quite a few years since Hulkenberg has been inside been inside the driver's seat of an F1 car, so we don't know how good his driving is going to be. That's about that long, though. He was a reserve driver last year, and he was in one of the races last year. 
But I get what you mean. As a number two or as a number one driver, it has been like at least three years, three, four years. But I get yeah, why I've, you think that. Yeah, it's been sparingly over the last few years. That's what I'm yeah. that's and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I get that. Um okay. I understand why you went there with uh, Haas as well. Like again, they're one of those teams where you want them to do well, but it's always like a will they won't they? Um so my number eighteen, Alexander Albon. I've gone for the other Williams driver. Like Albon last season did extremely well for in Williams. And I'm happy he's staying around for another season there. But the main benefactor for Albon being in Williams and staying there was uh, the former team leader, Jose uh, Jos Capito. And now that Jos is gone, and now that we've got... uh, a guy from Mercedes coming in to be a team manager for Williams. And the reason why he's moved is because uh, realistically he could take over as the team principal for Mercedes, but total Wolf was pretty much being like, yeah, no, that's not happening. You're going to Williams. Um, because of that and the fact that it's a very short notice before the start of the season, I'm not expecting much out of Williams here, but I think, Album will get a few points, like a few tenths and ninths, but not much. That's why I think I've got him 18. Number 18 for me. I'm gonna go with Lance Stroll of Aston Martin. Okay. What and one of the things you you said about him really kind of has me worried. The fact that he's essentially been coasting essentially his entire career with Aston Martin, that well, to me yeah. is not a good sign. No, because Aston Martin want to be up at the top of the grid. They want to compete. But when you've got a driver who is almost feels like he's there because of the owner and it almost feels like he's coasting, I'm not saying that Stroll isn't trying, but it, I have that energy that that might be the case. And yeah, when you, I, I feel the same way. Yeah, and for me, when you have a when you have the teammate who he's got this season and we'll get to him, like, trust me, he's going to push that car to the limit and oh, like, yeah. above the limit. My question is, is he going to get something out of Stroll? Because if he can, Stroll's going to be up there with him. It's going to be an exciting team. If not, that's going to be like the foregone conclusion where that teammate is basically going to say, this guy shouldn't be here. Let's get, uh, let's get, get him out. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I feel like this is literally a proving test for Lance. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, I understand why you have him at 18, but it makes sense to me. So my number 17, I actually was thinking about this and then I, and then I, and then I sat on my settle on this and I'm, I'm a bit sad that he's 17 because I do love this driver. I've got Yuki Sonoda at 17. For AlphaTauri. Um, the reasoning being, this is his first season as the senior driver. He's the number one driver now for AlphaTauri since uh, Pierre Gasly left and went to another team, who we'll get to him later. Um, but again, he's got a teammate that, to me, 
there's a lot of excitement with his teammate, and he's more of a seasoned driver. So I feel like between the two, Yuki's probably going to be the one that's falling down. Plus, Yuki has a tendency of crashing and over pushing and pushing the car too much. Yeah, so and I, in the races that I've seen, I've I've seen him do that a couple of times. Yeah, and I feel like with that tendency, also the Alphatari Cooping mechanically bad some in, in certain races as well. It just so happens I think that's gonna pop that's gonna rear its head again. I think Yuki has to be seventeen. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Yuki Sonoda at seventeen as well for all okay. the reasons you just said. And the fact that it's Sonoda is a very aggressive driver and that kinda has a tendency to get the the liveries totaled. Yeah. That does not mean we that I might as well point this out. Just because he is that aggressive does not mean I don't like Sonoda. I love how Sonoda is as a personality. I love him. I want to keep him in Formula One as much I as do, he can. I, yeah, same but, here. I do like I do like him as a driver, but that over aggressive tendency may come back to bite him again. Yeah, I'm hoping again if he stays for another couple of seasons, I'm hoping that over aggressiveness won't be dying down. But we'll see. Yeah. Um my number 16, I've got Kevin Magnus and I've got K-Mag for 16 for Haas. I, again, your reasons for Haas are, are, are you know, justified. I completely agree. Um, but I do remember the one season Haas actually had a really strong showing. Magnussen was a part of that team. He can get that Haas up in the top of the grid. We saw that last season every now and again. But the thing with Magnussen is similar to Sonoda. Sometimes he does push that car almost too much. And he does have a tendency of wrecking the car at that point. Um, The other thing which I am curious about, but apparently between the two drivers, it's water under the bridge. Uh, There was a bit of a bit of uh, hatred between him and his teammate who you brought up earlier, Nico Hulkenberg. Now, that was in the past, and from what I've heard, that's been buried. But I'm curious about that partnership. If it, if they work well together, I think Haas are going to have a pretty strong season again. But it's a lot of hope for that to happen for me. Okay, so we're looking at number 16, right? Yeah. This is where I'm going to put Alexander Albon, the other Williams driver. Okay, that's fair. I do like the way that he he drove last year when I did see him, but it's, it's the William it's the Williams team. It's just They're the last there. few years of history have not been kind to them at all. I mean, KSM point like. George Russell practically carried the team for two seasons, and then right when his contract ended, he jumped as hard. He jumped for Mercedes, like he got out of there. Yeah, um, and, and it just proved that the the Williams cars were the problem, not him. Well, I yeah, and again for me. It, the problem is not just the car. I also would say it's the management and the and it's the management as well. Like that is also a problem because the reason why Williams haven't done well, like 
they had financial problems and then they went into administration right before the pandemic hit. Like, we could have very easily not have Williams in Formula One, like that type of scenario. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, my number 15, I have gone back to AlphaTauri. I've got Nick DeFries for 15. I think DeFries, after the showing he had, particularly when he was the reserve driver for Mercedes, I'm pretty certain it was, uh, in uh, Italy, in the Italian Grand Prix, he had a very strong showing and made me immediately go, where has this guy been? Because last time he was in a Formula One, Formula, Formula car was 2019. He was the Formula Two champion. He could have went to Formula One in 2020, but instead he didn't and went to stock car racing for a couple of more years, get more experience, and now he's back. And I'm like, I'm excited. I hope he does well in AlphaTauri. And because he's consistent and because he knows what he's doing, I think he's going to beat his teammate. I think he's going to have a good showing. And he might maybe get, uh, like, to me, maybe a, maybe a fifth place, maybe a sixth place in the grid. But he's regularly going to be in the points, going to be fighting for those points in my mind. Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I've actually got him a little higher up than you think than you're predicting. Okay. I actually like that. At 15, I am going to have Guan Yu Zhao. Shogai. Okay, so we uh, got Alpha Romeo. Okay, so you got Grant. So you got yeah, show. Okay. Yeah, and I do and he's also got one of those over-aggressive tendencies that I've seen over over the course of last year yeah. with a few of these drivers. And yeah. it's cost him. Oh, a few yeah, times, it's cost him big time. Like the crash in the UK? Yeah, that, that crash in the, at, at Silverstone. Yeah. Um, it's completely justified. I get it. And plus, that was his rookie season. I have a feeling he's going to do a little. What? What? Where did he finish last year? He, fin- I think he finished mid table. He finished actually pretty good, pretty strong. Like both Alfa Romeos were pretty much mid of the grid by the end of the season. They were pretty good. Like I said, that let's see. If I'll, it's just a wait and see attitude with that over aggressive tendency. If he's yeah. able to meddle that out, he could very well surprise me. With a few top ten fishes, maybe even a top five, if he if he if can push. really rein it in. Yes, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so, I'll have I'll have Zhao Guan Yu at fifteen here. Okay, my my number fourteen, I've got Nico Hulkenberg fourteen. I've always been a fan of Hulkenberg over the years. I'm happy he's back at Formula One. I'm happy. I'm even happy he's in Haas because Hulkenberg has a tendency to really push the car plus. For the longest time before he was gone from Formula One for like three, four years, like he was almost positioned to be the guy to be in charge of Renault before they became Alpine. But then when Ricardo was available, they got Daniel Ricardo and Hulkenberg was left to the wayside. And I felt I felt so sorry for him because he's a very, very efficient German driver. 
and he knows how to drive and he knows how to get out of accidents as well, which is why I really like him. Consistency is key. And this is why I've got him higher than Simia. I think he's going to be the consistency that Haas desperately need. It's funny that you've got Nico Hulkenberg at 14. I've got his teammate. You got Magnuson. I've okay. got Kevin Magnuson. Okay. okay. I, I have a feeling he's going to he's gonna be a fairly nice surprise for Haas this year. I think he's I'm gonna not... have a few top ten finishes. And I think I mean, he didn't he didn't he even grab a pole last year? Yes, he did. He did. And it was literally because the top teams were crashing out and stuff. Like it was by accident. I think he realizes that. I think he truly realizes that he truly needs to push this thing to its limits without going too aggressive. And I think he's a I think he's going to learn this year how to do just that. This might be okay. the start of a start of the rise of Kevin Magnuson in, in Formula One. If he does well enough, he could wind up getting snatched up by by another team that might be without a driver. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the problem with Magnuson, and this is the thing which I'm not going to be like the whole hypocritical thing. He is an older, he is a very old driver. He's in his like, he's like in his late thirties, like type of deal. And Formula One drivers, particularly now, we're getting to the youth boom where it's they're all super young. Like I get that, and I I love Magnuson. I hope he stays as long as he can. But we'll see. And I hope I'm hope the best for K Mag because I do like him as well. Um so my number thirteen. I've got show growing you. I've got growing you at thirteen. I get why you have him as fifteen. It's for the exact same reasons I've got him at thirteen, but my difference is why I've got him higher is because his teammate that last season and this season He's pretty much made sure that all those aggressive tendencies that Grand Yu had at the beginning, he was able to die them out and pretty much get him settled by the end of the season. So if that's the relationship they've got right now, I feel like that's just going to benefit him this season. So that's why I've got him at 13. Like outside of the top 10, but I wouldn't be surprised if Grand Yu gets in the top five, like, regularly. At 13 for me, I have Yuki Tsunoda's teammate, Nick DeVries. Okay. Okay. His first Formula, his first Grand Prix that he was able to do this last year, he got in the, he got to not, he got points for AlphaTauri. That guy showed, that shows me that I, I think he's going to do very well in his first full season. He had to wait quite a while, but I'm glad that he's getting his shot. Yeah, and I think that's what I think that's out of all the rookies this season, he is one of the ones I'm most excited for. He's not the one I am the most excited for, but he's definitely one of the ones I am happy about. Yeah, same here. Yeah, we'll get to the one I'm looking forward to later. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here, man. Okay. Um, so my number 12, I brought, I just brought up his teammate 
I've got Valtteri Bottas at 12. Same reasonings why I have, you know, Grand Year at 13. But I think Bottas being the more seasoned driver. Plus, at the very early starts of the season, like the first, like, two, three races, he got that, he got that Alfa Romeo at, at the podium. He got, he got consistently a third. So he can push that Alfa Romeo to the top of the grid. We know that's in him. Again, with the consistency plus that Ferrari engine, I think that could happen again. But again, Ferrari tend to be very unreliable towards the midway through and the end of the season. But I do feel like consistency again will be king. And I think if he's not going to be hitting podiums like he did at the start of last season, Definitely going to be within that top five range with Brian Yu, and I think solidly both drivers are going to get solid points for Alfa Romeo. I have got Valtteri Bottas at, at number 12 as well. The seasoned veteran that he is, he would know he would know most of these F1 tracks like the back of his fucking hand. Yep, true. And and with those Ferrari engines early on, I think he's I think he could make some really big noise. Easy. If if Alva Romeo can figure out how to make those Ferrari engines last in the middle and near the end of the season, watch out. Yeah, yeah. Terry Baltas could put himself in position for a top five season finish. And if they yeah. work it, if they tune it even better. Then who knows? Exactly. Like we could be in for like a fucking Leicester City moment here. If if Alfa Romeo get their neck in, it would be the sister team fucking beating the actual proper team. It'd be like what the actual hell? Exactly. And I'm uh, glad you brought up the brought up the Leicester City reference. Well, yeah, well, I know you, you would love that. You're a Leicester fan, so yeah. And I, I watched going on a little bit of a tangent. When I watched, when I started watching the Premier League, I I attached myself to the Foxes really fast. Yeah, so my number eleven outside of the top ten. This is not because of the driver. This is purely because of the car. Fernando Alonso. Like, I love Fernando. He's the most experienced driver on the grid for this. Pretty much at this point, but. Again, he is going to push Aston Martin to the breaking point. And I think that's going to benefit and be a detriment to him. Like, But Fernando knows what he can do. Even with a crap car, he can get that car to the top end of the grid. He did it two years in a row for McLaren before McLaren literally had the worst car for like a season or two. But Fernando, while he was there when you had that bad car... He was able to get solid points in it somehow. And with that type of talent, I feel like you can do that with Aston Martin. But again, the question will be, consistency will be king. And I don't see that with Aston Martin yet. You know what I mean? I'm going to actually mention the two-time F1 world champion a little later. Okay, you have Fernando in your top 10. That is surprising. At number 11 from Alpine, 
I've got Pierre Gasly. Okay, okay, okay. Pierre Gasly, I mean, I'm not going to knock his talent. He's a very good driver. But some of the penalties he he took last season, I mean, come on, man. Seriously. I get it. Also, it wouldn't be the first time he got into a big team, only the crash, right? I mean, that happened in Red Bull. He didn't even finish a full season with them. He was immediately put back in the Alphatari half the way through. And maybe this change of scenery could be good for him as well. I think that's what he wants, more importantly, is to break out in his own, which I'm happy for him, if that's the case. Paya, um... There is, however, one thing which I think you may are I'm I'm gonna bring up here in a little bit that will be the bigger detriment for Pierre Gasly. And I have Gasly on my list a little higher up, but we'll get to that literally now. My number ten is Esteban Ocon. The reason why I've got Ocon lower than Gasly, Gasly's got an exceeding amount of talent, but you, what we talked about earlier with aggressiveness, I mean, Alex Esteban Ocon, he's practically the poster boy of over-aggressiveness. He has literally crashed out so many times over the years. More importantly, pushed drivers to their limit when you're not meant to do that. And he has a tendency to ignore team orders on occasion. Add that aspect with the fact that him and Gasly hate each other. They're going to crash out. They're going to hurt each other more than benefit the team. But for me, I've got to have Akon lower because I think if this is what's going to happen, if Akon's going to pull what he does, this is going to be his last season. They're going to want him out. Honestly, and I I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. Okay. Now we are into our top ten. Well, your top ten at this point. I already did and, mine, which was number 10. Yeah. The man I've did... got the man I've got at number ten is the other driver from Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso. Okay. I mean the, the two-time Formula One world champion, the man who has been in Formula One for a long-ass time. Yeah. I think the... he's going to be the one that gives Aston Martin the, the kick in the ass it needs to really get themselves into gear. Yeah. Because Alonso is not going to stand for the shit that's going on with Aston Martin. And I have a feeling... That at, once this season is over, Lance Stroll is going to be a very different man going into next season. Because I have if, a feeling that Alonso is going to really push his buttons yeah. and really start to mold him into a driver that can not only consistently chase for points, but potentially be in the hunt for a podium once or twice a year. Yeah, but again, that's if Lance Stroll stays after this season, because considering our positions for Lance, that might not be the case. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, again, we'll see. Um, so my number nine 
is what I'm going to say the rookie that I am most looking forward to. I've got Oscar Piastri at number nine. Him and that McLaren, he is going to make that McLaren dance. He is going to be so good and so fast. But again, like for me, this is almost going to be the season where the question is, is he going to pull a Hamilton or is he going to be, you know, ignore the press and just focus on what he has to do, which is drive. I The reason why I've got my nine is because I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to be, you know, ignoring the press and ignoring all the noise, particularly because of how he got into McLaren. Might have pissed a lot of people off in doing so, but he didn't really do anything wrong. I think he just has to hunker down, focus on what he can do. I think at a ninth place, particularly in your rookie season, you can guarantee you're staying in McLaren for at least a couple of more seasons. And I'm excited for that partnership with him and Lando Norris. Speaking of the McLarens, I've got Lando Norris at nine. Okay. I love the way that he drives that that McLaren. Yeah. He he can really make that thing go in the right spots. I have a feeling he he's going to challenge consistently for podiums this year. Not not wins necessarily, but, but podium. podiums and a and a top five finish. Those are going to be regulars for Lando Norris this year. They were practically the last the last couple of seasons. So that isn't out of the question. I, I will agree with that. And I like Lando as a driver, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that later a little bit. My number eight, Oscar. Uh, sorry, not Oscar Piastri. I already did that for nine. Sorry, Pierre Gasly. I've got him at eight for Alpine. Um, uh, there's something about Piastri. There's something about uh, Piastri. I just like this driver. Like. Consistency, he's good. I will admit, towards the end of last season, he got very hot-tempered and crashed the car a lot, which was unfortunate. But in the seasons which I have seen him in the most, he's a very consistent driver. He's a very technical driver. And the way he practices is very unique to most of the drivers on the grid, which I like. You mean Gasly? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, so... For me, I'm happy he's in Alpine. I hope he, uh, with my placement, I hope he has a very strong season like a near place because he kind of needs this. He needs to show what he can do in another car outside of the Red Bull power. The man I've got at number eight is his teammate, Esteban Ocon. We flipped the Alpine drivers. (laughs) Yeah, we did. I think I think Alcon's gonna use utilize his feud with Gasly as fuel to have a really strong season for himself. Okay. And I think that feud is a with Gasly is going to allow him to make smarter decisions for himself. And I think those smarter decisions are gonna really play into his favor later on down the road in the season. Okay. So my number seven, now I'm going to put this, I'm going to say this purely because my top six features the top three teams. There's no way, like, I can put one of those drivers not in the top six. 
So for me, top no, if you're seventh on my list, you're considered best of the rest. I've got Lando Norris at number seven. Like, he has been consistently the best driver not in the top three. Yeah. And there's just something about Lando. Like, he will get that McLaren into a podium. I can probably see him maybe maybe eke out a race win this season. He was close to doing that in 2019, in 2020. In 2021, he was close to doing that as well, if it wasn't for the rain. So, considering that that potential is there in that McLaren, I think he can pull that off. I think he's going to get a race win this season. But again, I think consistency is going to be king. And I think the odd fifth or fourth is what's going to drag him out of the top six. You're not going to believe who I have at number seven here. Okay. At number seven, I've got George Russell and Mercedes. Yeah, you're right. I don't believe that you've got him at number seven. George Russell, from what I saw this year, when he can really push that Mercedes to the limit, there is very few who can match him. Yeah. And only only a couple of guys who can beat him. Yeah. George Russell is one of those really, really good rising young stars in Formula One. And I think sooner or later, probably a little later down the road, he's going to be one of the faces of Formula One. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, that this just, re- this just realizes you've got Oscar Piastri within the top six. Like, that's insane to me a little bit. Anyway, top six. So, I've got, okay. So, I might as well just let you know, Craig. Sixth and fifth are in the same team. Want to guess what team that is? I would probably say Ferrari? Yeah. Do you want to take a guess who was the higher person? I'm going to say Carlos Sainz at five. Uh, yeah, so yeah, you're completely right. I've got Sainz at five. I've got Leclerc at six. Um, and the reason why I've got Leclerc at six, it's unfortunate that I have to say this, but like last season was Leclerc's season. To win the title, yeah, and yeah, last that, last year that really that, that has to be a missed opportunity for Charles Leclerc. Yes, and this is the thing I will say: it's not the driver's fault; it's the car. It was the car. I mean, the multiple engines, and multiple blown engines, and, and DNS in that series. Yeah, in that season, and, and it didn't just hamper. Like Leclerc, it also hampered sights in a big way as well. Yeah, exactly. So I've got to be honest, I because I think that's going to happen again. I got to put the Ferraris at fifth and sixth for an eye. But the reason why I've got sights above Leclerc, there is something about Carlos Sites with the way he drives. It's not hyper aggressive, it's very technical, it's very safe. 
but he does it in a way that it when you watch him overtake someone, you just look at that and you're like, that was very, it, that was beautiful. Yeah, he almost makes the he makes those passes seem almost effortless. Yeah, which is which is what you need in a in this in a racing environment. You need to overtake, but you need to make it so so effortless. Like there is no damage, there is no impact, there is no contact. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. I'm consider- so who is she- who do you have in your sixth place? I've got Charlotte Claire from Ferrari. Okay, probably the same reason as for me, right? Y- yep, exactly. Okay. So who's your number five? You're d- okay. Yeah, you said Carlos Sainz at five. Yeah, I'm gonna go Oscar Piastri at five, dude. Okay, <laughs> okay. Because from what I, from what I have read on Oscar Piastri, yeah, he really see, to me he really seems like the guy who can be right alongside George Russell as the new faces of Formula One, and if and if he can really show his driving skills with McLaren, I would not be surprised if he gets at least. Two race victories this year, and with one of them maybe in the Monaco Grand Prix in May. Okay, okay, I get, I get you. Um, I love that you've got Piastri that high up. To me, I want like my instinct was to put him that high up. I couldn't because to me, like I said, for this rookie season, he needs to he needs to just take the press out and just focus on his driving. And that's what, and that's how I view it. I think he's gonna tune out all that outside noise, and just really focus on getting the results that he wants. Yeah, and, and that's where, and that's why I think he's gonna finish really high up there in his first season. First yes, season and in Formula the reason One. why I didn't put him that high up was because to me, if you're in that top six, if you're even touching the top five, you're almost pulling what Hamilton pulled in 07. Like you're almost pulling a Hamilton for your rookie season, which is almost unheard of to see that it's that rare. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. But I honestly think Oscar Piastri is a prodigy that we may not have seen since Lewis Hamilton. Which, which is fair, and I, I there is the potential is there, and I see it clear as day. So. My number four, and I would, and I've been thinking about this because we're down between Mercedes and Red Bull here, for the both of for us. You anyway. Well, for the both of Remember, us. Remember, I've still got one more. I mean, I had, I had George Russell at seven and Charlotte Claire at six. Oh, 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 yeah, you've got another fucking mystery person somewhere in the top four. Um, so my number four. I've got Sir Lewis. I've got Sir Lewis Hamilton. I've got Hamilton the four. Hard to believe that we 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 can call him a fucking elder statesman in Formula One. Well, I call him a sir because he's a knight, but <laughs> yeah, I've got Hamilton the four purely like last season has been a like literally the season to forget for him. First time um, in his career, they never got to, never took a ne- checkered flag. Yeah, and think about it this way: this is the first time. Last season was the first full season 
Hamilton didn't get a win. Exactly. And like usually, when Hamilton has a bad season, he comes back the next season better than ever. The last time that happened was his last season in McLaren, and his, and the first season he was in Mercedes, Hamilton was back in a big way. I think this is happening, but the reason why I've got him at four is literally, it's going to be, like, in terms of points, we're talking, like, potentially five points between the top four. I hope we get that drama this year. Which is possible. I mean, Formula One have done it in the past. And case yeah. of point 2020, uh, 2021, it was literally, by the end of the race, the top two were equal on points. Yeah. So, um, for me, I've got someone had to be outside of the, outside of the pod, top three for me, and just so I'm to be Hamilton, I think. He's not going to struggle. I think he's going to get some wins and stuff. He's going to be right up there. I just think... I just think Red Bull it's it's the team it's the car to beat. Speaking of Red Bull, I've got Sergio Perez at four. Okay, I've got Perez. Okay, want me to say where I've got Perez? Where? Three. <laughs> okay. We can talk yeah, about Sergio this. Sergio Perez. What an unbelievable season he had last year. And also you're talking about an Earl Statesman. Perez pretty much has been around Formula One for better part of a decade at this point. Yeah, I mean the victories he got. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he win the Monaco Grand Prix last year? Uh, no, I think that was for Stappen or some. I think it might have been. For no, Stappen. I I think it was. Oh no, Sergio I think did win, but for Stappen wasn't happy that he won. Something yeah. like that. Something it's something like that, but yeah. Um, I won't lie. I love Chaco. He's one of my favorite drivers. Um, to me, like again, it's like for me. I want him to win the title so badly, but I know how Red Bull operates, and that car is going to be positioned to favor for Stappen more than Perez. Because of that, I have to give him third. And that's one and that's the reason why I'm giving him fourth. Right. So just the way the cars are just it's it's just how Rebel operates. Um so who's your number three? My number three I have Sir Lewis Hamilton. Okay. Of Mercedes. Okay. As you said, as we talked about, last year was the very first time in his entire career that Lewis Hamilton went through an entire season without a single win. Right. This year, he's going to bounce back, and he's going to bounce back in a big-ass way. Okay. And I'm just going to say it right now. I think he wins two of the three U.S. races. The U.S. Okay. Grand Prix in Austin and the Las Vegas Grand Prix in the penult- and the penultimate race, the Las Vegas Grand Prix in November. Okay. That's fair. Now, I... we are down to two drivers each. We have yeah. the same guy in this, which is Max Verstappen. But I've got George Russell, and I think you've got 
Here's we got. You've got signs. Craig, who have we got rooming them in terms of your drivers? I got Verstappen and Sainz. You got Verstappen and Sainz. I got Verstappen and Russell. So, <laughs> instead of us saying who are number two, if you want me to, so why don't I tell you who I have as my 2023 driver champion? Go ahead. I've got George Russell winning the title. <laughs> I think we're getting something similar to 1996 or 90. I think it was 90. I think it was 1987 or 86. There was one Formula One drive champ, world champion that won the championship who only won one race. That was Keggy Rosberg. I think we might be pulling another Keggy here this season because the reason why Keggy won the title wasn't because he did, never won the races. It was because he was always he was so the, consistent in the top and he was three. always at the podium at the higher end of the table. And that's something I noticed last season that George Russell was very consistent. He was literally in the fight for second up until the final race. And I think Mercedes are going to have a very competitive car this season. So I think that him fighting for the silver medal might end up being him becoming the world champion purely because of consistency. I think he's pull, pulling the Kage. That's interesting. So who do you... You cannot tell me you've got Carlos... Don't tell me you've got Carlos signs. I know you love him. I th I honestly think Carlos Sainz's maiden Grand Prix checkered flag in Silverstone is going to be the launch pad for his 2023 Formula One Drivers Championship season. Do we both have first stop in the two? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. But yeah, Ferrari. I've got Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really crazy on how we both got to that point. But yes. yeah, Carlos Sainz, when he is on his A game, there is probably no other driver outside of Max Verstappen that can match him. Okay. Yeah. When he's you're got right. the car to beat, he is extremely difficult to beat. Silverstone in July last year at the British Grand Prix. No one could beat him. Yeah, no one could beat when he, him. When, he's, when, he, when Ferrari's got their engines rolling and just firing on all cylinders, Sainz is the better driver than Leclerc. Yeah. And I think he's going to put that driving talent on full blast. Okay. I think I, he's going to win the Formula One World Championship this year. I love that. That's I love that. That's what we're thinking. Um, so we've only got like less than five minutes, probably, before we have to wrap this up. So let's go through our constructor standings, and because of our stand, so I can tell you mine, and we'll go from ten to one. So number ten, I've got Williams Racing. Same. Number nine. I have Alpha Tari. 
I don't remember. I think I think mine is Alphatari. I think okay. mine's Alphatari as well. Okay. Number eight, I've got Haas. Same. Okay. Number seven, Aston Martin. Same. Number six, Alfa Romeo. Yep. Number five, Alpine. Yes. Number four, McLaren. Yes. Okay, so obviously the difference here is going to be with our top three. I've got Ferrari at three. I believe I've got Mercedes at three. Okay. I've got Mercedes at two. I think Red Bull will run the constructors again. I believe so as well. The way that I've designed it, where my standings go, Red Bull's going to win. They're going to win the constructors' championship as well with Ferrari at second. Yeah, and but they'll I'm take well, but they'll take Carlos Sainz winning the winning the drivers' championship though. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're thinking because. Um, and case on point, like I said, like I said, way I looked at that, that top four, it's going to be by potentially five points. I think for, for Stappen and Russell, that's going to go up to like one point in it. <laughs> it's going to be that tight, which is why I'm like, it's going to be that tight competitively for the drivers, but constructors, because of the placements I've got, I've got for Stappen and Perez, I think being third and second consecutive, you know, combined is going to bridge, it's going to be more than first and fourth. Yeah, in my, yeah, and that's why second and fourth for Red Bull is going to be better than Ferrari who would have first and sixth. Yeah, yeah, it just makes sense, like, logically considering our standings. Um, so anyway, I think that's us done with our predictions this entire for this entire season, Jesus Christ. And again, we only have like four weeks before it starts properly. Yep. But so how did you let the, let, I I had a lot of fun doing the doing this Formula One preview season preview and predictions with you. Yeah. This let the lights let the lights uh, let the lights count down. Yep. And Wait, let the countdown officially count- begin. Cut. Count down. Let's get ready for the season. I know we're doing this around about the right point of time because now is when they're starting to show the liveries for this season. And like case point, yesterday they revealed the Red Bull, which looks exactly like the Red Bull last couple of seasons. No change there. Not surprised by that. Haas's design, though, I like Haas. Haas's is very sleek. Um, and I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to the other liveries. Obviously. Because of where I've got this, like I have to pay, pay attention to the Mercedes. You're going to be paying attention to Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, because those are going to be the heavy hitters to potentially go after Red Bull. Yeah. Um, and also, like we didn't bring up anyone like reserve drivers or something like that, purely because I mean, dude, it took us 15 minutes to go through 20. I don't think adding a potential. Number 10 people would be wise, especially if most of them aren't going to be there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So no Daniel Ricardo, fucking like 15 for something like that, like something crazy, which I'm not saying that's not going to happen. If Ricardo's driving a Red Bull, he's going to be in the podium. 
but it's not going to be like a crazy thing where Ricardo all of a sudden because he want because he was in the podium is like high up on the points. Know the way? Yeah. And we've got quite a few street circuits this year as well. Oh yeah, and Ricardo is very good at street circuits. <laughs> yeah, especially if he's if he's able to do the one in, in Las Vegas. Oh boy. I I mean yeah, that's gonna be almost like a homecoming for Danny Rick. Um, but anyway, I had a blast doing this myself. I I love doing this. I honestly, I think because of how we were, how we are with this, now I think that I think we can do this same time next year, right? Sounds good. Sounds fine to me, man. I yeah. would love to do it. Make this a yearly thing. Yeah, because I think that's fair. Because I mean, you do a lot of podcasts and stuff with people when it comes to the NHL and the NFL seasons i think we can do this for formula one it would be just be a one video type of thing a year but it would be fun oh yeah absolutely yeah um anyway hope you enjoyed this uh video and uh well not video hope you enjoyed this podcast sorry <laughs> i got in the youtube mode for a second but i hope you enjoyed this podcast uh next time who knows what i'm gonna do for this because it feels like this might be just what me and craig are doing for the time being because wrestling pretty much we're on the uh, well i would say we're on the ice but craig is pretty much done with wrestling i pretty much don't feel like it's appropriate to me to do podcast on the wrestling pay-per-view on my own particularly like, I always like having feedback and running the back of someone. So, yeah, for now, I'm going to pull the wrestling stuff to the side. I think for now, I think me and Craig, we can do Formula One. We could do, we could talk about, like, movies and TV if we ever get the chance oh, to do that. Dude. I think that's the later obvious month, thing for us. Later this month, let's do an Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania review. Oh, the, no, at the end of the month, I think that should be a good idea, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spoiler warning when we get to that. Um, yes. yes, indeed. Yeah, obviously, because we're going to go into spoiler territory. If um, we're going to do that, let's save it for the 25th of February, because we'll both have seen the movie by then. Yeah, because you're planning to watch it day one. I'm planning to watch it probably like four days later. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, if not, I'll probably be, if that ends up falling through, however, I might watch that day one just, in, just for the sake of it. So... Um, again, we'll, I'll run that. We'll, I'll run that on the fly. I think that's how this is gonna go. Run it by the fly. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this, and see you guys next time when we talk whatever we're gonna be talking about.